So <clears throat> this morning's message, and thank you uh, for your patience concerning the, the getting the online meeting set up and uh, uh, slight delay that was associated with that. So this day and age, especially everything that we're facing right now, it is, um, it is something of, of, of serious concern for all of us. And I, you know, when I sent the email out yesterday and was speaking, it was, it took me a little while to, you know, kind of compose my thoughts and, and really think about it because there's a side of all of us given this time and, and given the fact that, you know, the spread of the virus and, and, and everything that's going on, you know, and the, you know, the pandemic uh, that has been titled and, you look at that, and man, if you if you only spend your time on the news and paying attention to to social media, what's whatever's going on in, in in social media, I will like to just let me, brother Matt, if he was here, he'd shake, he'd be shaking his head. He's probably shaking his head at home. This is my full hat moment for okay, just real quick. You do know that they have confirmed that the Russians have already started causing problems on social media. Causing all their all their desire to do is to, to spread panic and and distrust. So they they're doing it in Europe and they're doing it and their target is is obviously the West us. And so it's a methodology. It's something that they do. Now that does not take away from the fact that this is a real virus and it is a real concern for for all of us. It is a real health concern for for our nation as well as our state. And we're living really in in unprecedented times. I. This last week, I've, I've watched the president um, address the nation uh, every day in his Corona Task Force update. And I tell you what, uh, he's got my vote. That's on another subject for another day, but that's just my two cents, okay, going forward. Some of the things that he's done has is, is been absolutely amazing. And so and being able to see our nation come together the way it has is, is tremendous as well. But there's some things that are really kind of interesting. Right now, you can't get toilet paper, can't get ground beef, can't get cereal, you can't get lunch meat, and bread runs out. It takes. It, it what amazes me is is such a small scale thing. And you go, what do you mean small? Scale? I'm not trivializing it. Please do not misunderstand what I'm saying. I understand that the potential is great. I understand that that the fear of these things is 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 real and present and amongst us it really is i believe that but we must also understand that fear and anxiety are emotions they're not factual now i'm not hopefully i'm not teaching you or telling you something that is that is 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 profound right so what you have to do what we have to do as god's people is that we have to place logic to those emotions this is something that has to be done for all of us and none of us now god equipped us with emotions the emotions are what drive us to do some of the things that we do for one another they're good but emotions and our reactions to things must be controlled and our anxiety to things and our worry and things like that must be tethered with the reality that we serve a God that is much larger than any virus or any war or any threat that we could ever encounter. 
Now, that does not give us free reign to be cavalier and nonchalant and simply dismissive to things as well, right? So there's a balance in all this, right? I'll tell you, there's some certain things that, that we've encountered and, you know, managing for as long as I have and, and doing things, you, you, when you manage people, and when you, and actually from a pastor's perspective as well, when you manage people, you can see a sickness. And when somebody is negligent and when somebody comes to work sick, and spreads it around, and you can literally watch it spread through an entire department or an entire team, and it decimates productivity for a period of time until everybody gets through. Some people, well, I don't have any sick leave. That's probably because you burnt it on other stuff. You burnt it on something where you didn't need to do. So don't ask for me to feel pitiful for you or to feel like, oh, you should. I'm so sorry for you. Well, when you used your sick leave to go to Disneyland three months ago, you should have thought about it then. It's sick leave for a reason. I'm on a soapbox. Sorry. I'm off. Okay. That's not my responsibility. Your responsibility as a co-worker and as a fellow church member is if you're sick or when you have a problem, stay home. Don't infect anybody. Don't spread that around. Do the best that you can. Now, understanding also the fact that, guess what? Some things are inevitable. <laughs> you just can't get around them, right? So there's a balance in that too. Ammo's flying off the shelves, right? And Brother Josh has got a neighbor that's, that's an FFL dealer. We won't say where exactly. Not how many doors down or anything like that, right? <laughs> but... <laughs> but and I have a I have an ammo shop that's uh, the guy actually started in his house. It's called Get a Gun, and he started in his house, did it for years in his house, and he has a he actually has a storefront. Every day home from work, there is a line that there is twenty five people waiting to get into the store. Right, you're like, oh my gosh. They all have lines out their doors. People are buying things. I watched a lady on Friday. I went to go get lunch items for work. I, I was out of lunch. You know, I wanted to just go get some wheat bread and some turkey. I just wanted to make a sandwich. I saw a lady who's about 75 years old, indiscriminately grabbing cans of soup off the shelf. Now, the pants that she was wearing, I happen to know that they're those, uh, they're those fancy... Uh, yeah, the ones that have all the Mickey characters on there, the, the, the Disney ones. She's not hurting for money because the pants she was wearing were their $100 plus pair of pants, right? And you're like, wow, you're not hurting for money. Plus, I was in a hoity-toity uh, neighborhood. neighborhood, right? So, which it's not far from the job. So, my point is, is that you watch it. She's just boom, 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 just grabbing stuff off the shelf. And you're like, what are you doing? I mean, the only stuff left was like lobster bisque soup. It's like, who eats that out of a can? You know, it's like, thanks a lot. You know, I got stopped because I had two loaves of bread. So, sorry, sir, you can only buy one loaf of bread. We can go through a loaf of bread if we ate all ate a sandwich at my house in almost one sitting. If you're the Maxwell's, you could go through a whole loaf of bread in one sitting, right? So you're like, hey, that's not proportionate, you know, but anyways. My point for bringing all these things up is that the... These are all the societal things that we see. What we don't realize sometimes is that those things, they weigh on us. We see them, we experience them, 
And they're incremental in a lot of different ways, right? And so we have to, as God's people, we have to understand and stay focused, right, on fear, worry, and anxiety. They're normal emotions. God gave them to us, but we must control those things. We must tether those things. You have to at some point. Listen, if you're running, if you're watching the news nonstop all day, you need to shut it off at some point, okay? Don't do that. Don't watch the news all day. Right, you have to you have to say, okay, I'm not going to watch this. I'm not going. It 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 will cause inside you, you know, a, a a worry and panic. Your your anxiety will come up, and so concern. There is a healthy concern, right? We need to have not anxiety, but we need to have a healthy concern. We need to be concerned for the people that aren't working. We need to be concerned for germs. We need to be concerned with our, you know, washing our hands and covering our coughs and not maybe going into some of the places, adhering to some of the recommendations that, that the governor and, and our president has put in place, you know, adhering to some of those things. Why? Because we got to be good stewards of those things as well, right? We got to be good citizens and we got to be, we have to be uh, faithful to those things, okay? But we also have to understand that our, our healthy concern, if if left unchecked and rationalized without rationalization, right, turns into anxiety, and anxiety can drive our behaviors and cause physiological changes. You must understand that the way that God has designed us is that it is it is without fact, it is scientifically proven that if you are anxious, it causes physiological changes to your body. Your body changes. It reacts. It goes into a fight or flight mode. It, it naturally will do those things because of the internal emotion that is inside of us that we are not tethering. Now, how do we accomplish those things, right? Prayer is one of those ways. Also, one of the ways is, that is very, very important for us to remember is study of his word. And so just like we are watching the news and just like we're putting things into our minds and our hearts, right? You can look at all those things. I'm not saying watching the news is bad. Stay current, stay present, watch all that stuff. You just got to control it, okay? That we have to understand that we're in control of those things. That... And, Anxiety can cause a physiological change. There's more and more stories of people that, you know, that you can hear. This fear is driving them to empty the shelves. We are a overweight nation. Okay? We are not going to run out of food. We're not going to run out of food. The problem is getting the food to the stores. We ain't going to run out of toilet paper either, but we're out of toilet paper. People are freaking out, right? My point for saying all that stuff is that you're like, oh, man, you know, here we are. People are overreacting. So what can we be as God's people? One is that we, we have to be aware of the fear and the anxiety that is out there, and we have to check it. We have to check it against the word of God and look at it and go, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on a second. Who's in charge of all this, right? And in 1 Peter chapter 5, some of you are going, man, finally he's getting to something we can read. It says in verse 6, it says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, 1 Peter chapter 5, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. 
Be, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of sufferings are being accomplished by your brethren who are of the world. Well, he tells us there in, in verse 7, it says, Casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. God knows that we can be an anxious people. God knows that we have these emotions and fears inside of all of us. But he also gives us the solution. You know, it. one of the things that, that if you look at from anxiousness and, and not letting your anxiety or letting your anxiety overrule your, your, your thought processes, look, if you're going to do something irrational, right, and you look at it and you go, well, one of the ways is an ele- elevated heart rate, right? If when your heart starts to beat a little bit faster, that means that stress and anxiety has been introduced into your mind and your, your, your body is responding the way it's designed to respond. So what do you do? Oof. Sometimes you sit back and you breathe properly, right? In through your nose and out through your mouth. And then you have to think about some what times the scripture, what, what the word of God says. Not the last news briefing that you just watched, right? You have to go, okay, I got to put, put something better in my mind and my heart here right now. Because what I've just been watching has not been good. And what I'm seeing has not been good. It's not going to help me overcome these things. Matthew chapter 6 is also familiar scripture to all of us. It's about anxiety. And actually, it, it, it says that it's the, the cure for anxiety. In verse 25, it says, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace... Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Really, brethren, you could summarize that, and you can look at that. God's going to take care of us. He's always taking care of his people. And you look at that and you go, well, wait a minute. He's already told us he's going to take care of us. Worrying about, we really just worry about how he's going to take care of us and when he's going to take care of us. Oftentimes it reminds me of an impatient child. Well, but how? How are you going to do it? Well, when's it, when's it, well, 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 I'm worried about, you know, exactly when it's going to happen, right? We think about those kind of things. You go, and we're all like that. It's, it's not just a child, but I think of it that way. It's like, we want to know. We'll spin ourselves up into a frenzy, and then we forget, wait a second. God's already told us he's going to take care of us. And he's going to take care of us through this. This will not be the end of God's people. 
this virus and everything that's going on, this is not something that is, it's not the finality. And see, a lot of people are, <laughs> a lot of people are right now, you have a tremendous opportunity. I wanted to just for a moment, you know, we have the cure for anxiety, right? As, as it talks about here. Now you go, ooh, that's the prescription. It still requires us to take that said prescription. You understand what I'm saying? We got to apply these things into our hearts and into our minds. Just because I got up here and talked to you about it doesn't mean I got this 100% licked, okay? But this is also a reminder for myself because just like you and just like everybody else in here, I have children, a wife, and family. I, I worry about them. We all worry about each other, right? But we have to understand that, look, God's already told us, look, I'm going to take care of you. Now, that also means don't be foolish either, right? What do you mean? Well, I'm just not going to go to work because God said he's going to take care of me. Okay, that's dumb. That's, that's not bright. That's the other end of the spectrum, all right? You're like, no, that's, not, that's probably not a healthy approach either, right? So you go, well, there's kind of wild swings, a lot of the pendulum. That's kind of how we are, right? And so you got to think about those things. And said, he tells us in, in Proverbs chapter 3, in the third proverb, I know it's, it's, it's a familiar proverb to all of us, and it's good scripture. This is the key. This is the antidote to everything that we're experiencing right now. The antidote to, uh, to, to anxiety, to fear, and all the things that go along with that. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Third proverb, verse five. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Oh, see, that's the key. That's the practical application of Matthew chapter six and first Peter chapter five over there. It, it, we must, see, he says, in 1 Peter chapter 5 over there, he says, cast your, cast your anxiety onto him, right? Because he cares for you. Amen? Isn't that what the scripture teaches? You know what that means, right? You can't run around worried and fearful if you haven't stopped and prayed and laid it at God's feet. He ain't going to take it from you. That's not how that works. You have to stop and pray about it. There's two things, two really important things that take place when you do that. One, it resets your mind and it resets your spirit. And two, it lets God know that you trust him. Amen. He's already going to take care of us. The practical component of this is that you must stop and do these things, that we must stop and do these things. It's not just so that God, you know, you know a cattle on a thousand hills is his. He doesn't need sacrifices from you and I. He doesn't need us. You understand that. He's God. He's omnipresent. He is. There is nothing that God needs from you or I. This virus does not worry God. This virus worries you and me. What he needs from his people is for them to lay their burdens at his feet. He also needs from us. Because we know how to do this and that we can become practitioners of it. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're going to sit there and you're going to tell people about God and his divine providence in your life and his sovereignty in his life, and you're running around like a scared cat, you're not a very good witness. Now, does that mean we throw you out? No, that's not what I mean. You need to get those things in check. We need to look at that and go, whoa, hold on a second. I'm not very good at displaying what the Word of God says here. 
he teaches us in the third proverb right here, like he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Your own understanding will tell you to take a look at all the data and you'll listen to the governor. He'll tell you 25.5 million people will be infected in eight weeks. He doesn't make that call. He doesn't. And I'll tell you, there are some absolutely flawed things. Here's a little bit of logic to you. You cannot compare America to China. You cannot compare, compare America to Italy. We are not the same. Not the same. So fundamentally, look at that. Wow, the infection rates and all these other kind of things that we do, right? And you'll listen to all those people and you go, oh, wait a second. Now, I'm not telling you to not be fearful or, not, or to not. I am telling you not to be fearful. I mean, I'm not telling you to to, to be nonchalant and dis, dismissive of these things. But you have to understand that everybody looking at this is flawed. They are human. They are using comparisons to other countries, third world countries where this broke out, broke out in Wuhan, China. Brethren, I'm telling you, right. You need to go back and look at the way those people live over there. It ain't the same. And if you think we're going to be like Wuhan, China, that ain't going to happen. But they'll like you to believe all those things. The media, I watched it on Friday where they were asking the president. They framed every question they framed to the president from the prism of fear. Wow, there's so many millions of people just worried. So many millions of people are this. So many millions of people. What are we going to do? And actually, I was quite fond of what the president said. He said, you're a terrible reporter. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious, actually, because it, the guy was. He framed his entire question, his entire – he didn't even get to the question. He had like five sentences where he was leading up to a question, and it was inciting fear. The very thing that this guy was doing, he was inciting fear. And I don't believe for one second – that he was as fearful as what he was saying. He wants that fear there so that he can grab a headline. So that he can sensationalize a tragedy, sensationalize a real worry and a real concern for this nation. It is a real worry and it is a real concern. But he was sensationalizing it so that he could get you to click on his news article. So that you can, he can get you to watch it. It's despicable. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Oh, okay. Got to put him first. That's right. Got to put his word. You have to. I can't do it for you. Right now, those listening and, and us in attendance right here, listen, we are putting God's word into our minds and hearts. So you're going to have today, after we're done with all the scriptures that we're going to read, it's going to be like a shot in the arm. And I do believe, just like I told you all yesterday, that the church is absolutely as vital and fundamental as a hospital in this world, even more so. This is a hospital. When people are, are overrun, see, the, the, the pandemic that we're having is not a virus. You understand that? The pandemic that we're having in this country is fear and anxiety. That is really our foe. That is really what's gripping this nation. It's not the virus. It's not the death. It's not the spreading. of Brethren, we spread disease and sickness all the time. Doesn't mean I make, it makes it right, okay? We get sick, things spread. That's not what's spreading through this country right now. What is gripping this country is fear and anxiousness and anxiety. That is what is gripping us. And that is the real foe. 
I am not looking for any one of us in here to become sick. I don't like being sick. I hate being sick. I don't know if anybody likes being sick. Right? Any normal people don't like being sick. But it happens. It's a fact of life sometimes, isn't it? And we get through it. What we can do is we have the antidote. We have the answer for fear and anxiety. We don't have the antidote for this virus. We don't. Although hydrochloroquine and some other things that the president was talking about on Friday sounds very, very optimistic. And I do believe that. And I think that you will see a shift after this week. But that's just me talking to you guys. Now, it doesn't mean it will ever go away. We'll be dealing with this for just like we do with influenza A and B for a long time. It'll be around. But it won't be such a hot topic item in the next three weeks, in my personal opinion. <clears throat> you look at this and he tells us that trust in the Lord and do not lean on our own understanding. So he's given us the antidote for fear, anxiety, and worry, right? So what we get to be is that, one, we must be first, first and foremost, we must be practitioners of implementing God's word into our hearts and our minds, allowing his spirit and allowing his word to minimize the anxiety, drop the anxiety, and bring it down to an, a, a healthy concern level, okay? Be concerned with these things, but then gives us the opportunity that when we properly, this, see, this is, the, this is important for us to understand, Y'all know what it says, okay? But you have to show people what it says. You have to be demonstrators of that. And that's the hard part, right? Is you take the, you take the, the, the academic and make it practical. We have to make this a practical approach to who we are. We have to take the word of God and say, hey, look, I'm, I'm, you know, I am concerned, but I'm not going to allow it to go beyond the concern. I'll take the precautions that the president is talking about. You know, um, and and the recommendations of those things, but we'll go from there, right? And that you get to be that beacon and that light in this community. You get to tell people about Christ. This is a tremendous opportunity. There are people right now listening to who Jesus Christ. It's just like the holiday season, where you go, well, what do you mean? How's this a correlation? It's the same kind of correlation. There are people that will that will listen to the name of Jesus Christ during Christmas time. And during the holiday season that they will not otherwise, his name does not come across their lips. Okay? Right now, there's some people going, oh, I've had three or four people come to my office saying, the, the end is near. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> I really have. Is this it? You know, I have come people, is this it? No, this isn't it. I don't think it's it. It could be a part of some things that God is doing. Uh I don't know exactly, and that's the part that scares a lot of people, including myself sometimes. You're like, I don't know when he's going to come back. Well, guess what? It's designed that way. You start putting dates on things like that, you got problems. Because he told us, we're not going to figure that out. But we can be, well, let me tell you what the Word of God says about this. Hey, don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Let's talk about this. Let me tell you what the Scripture says, right? And... Uh, Um, let me tell you what the scripture says, right? And so you, people can, can see um, it reflected in your life, right? And they go, okay, you got something a little bit different than everybody else. Now, the catch to that is if you're 100% dismissive of it, I think that's careless. But if you're, you have a healthy concern, 
you're taking the precautions, but you're also speaking about Christ and how someone can weather this storm, right? People will listen to you. They will listen to you in this time when they otherwise wouldn't. Don't miss your opportunity. Take it. But if you tell somebody, if you simply dismiss their worry and their anxiety, say, you need to quit with all that. Okay, you just ruined your shot. Just so you know. You need to teach somebody and show them what to do with their anxiousness and their worry and their anxiety. You can show them what the scripture says to do. You go, oh, okay, I get it. Second Corinthians chapter 7. I like this scripture here. This is, um, oh, let me see here. Chapter 12. Did I tell you chapter 7? Yeah. Yeah, I meant 12. Verse 7 is where we're going to pick up. <clears throat> this one is good scripture, but it's painful to listen to. Because it's like it's the truth, one, and it's but it, it's a shot right in the right in the mouth, right? For spiritually, a shot in the mouth, like pow, you got popped in the mouth. Because it's it's reality. And it says in verse seven, it says, Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason, uh, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that I might it might leave me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I'd rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I'm well content with weakness, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties. For Christ's sake, for I am weak, then I am strong. I have become foolish. You yourselves compelled me. Actually, I should have uh, been commended by you. For in no respect was I inferior, the most eminent apostles, even though I'm a nobody. Sorry, I got sidetracked there. It says, The signs of a true apostle were performed among you with all perseverance in signs and miracles. And he says in verse 9 of that, he says, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. Okay? And he says this, this, this is the part of the verse that you're like, oh, man, at least I am. For power is perfected in weakness. In other words, God's power is perfected in our weakness because there is a something, something beautiful takes place in a person's life and our lives when we recognize it is not within our control and our power to do it. When we give it to God, his power is perfected in our lives because we acknowledge the fact that we are not strong enough to conquer these things. We are not strong enough to overcome these things. This was a thorn in, in, in Paul's sight. It's something that, that plagued him. He wanted it taken away from him. He, he appealed to God, take this from me. He says, ha, ha. you need that because that's going to keep you humble. You know, we look at that and you're like, oh, yeah, but it's the truth, isn't it? Recognizing our vulnerabilities and our weaknesses is absolutely fundamental in our walk as a Christian because it reminds us that we are not capable in and of ourselves. I was talking to Brother Chad on, 
on uh, on Friday night, and you know Israel had problems. He says, "I'm gonna bless you, right? I'm gonna bless you with all these things. Just when you get to that promised land, don't forget." Don't forget it was I that did this for you. Don't get over there. And what did they do? They got over there and it is by my power and my might I have done these things because I worked hard. It's because I worked all those overtime hours that I deserve this. What about it's the fact that God gave you that job and put you in the position to where you could receive that overtime. He did not give you that job so that you could keep back from him. From your life or from your finances. But yet that's how we respond to things sometimes, isn't it? And guess what happens to us? He has to smack us around a little bit and go, hey, I got to wake you up here. My power is perfected in your weakness. God's power is perfected in our weakness. The better we are at recognizing that, the easier life goes. (laughs) Right? You go, hey. He's in charge. Forty-six Psalm. Verse one of the forty-six Psalm there. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. It says in verse 7, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Listen, if our stronghold is our, is our savings account, if your stronghold... Now, is, is it wrong to save money? No, it's actually prudent and wise. Scripture actually teaches you to do so. There's a difference in being wise and being arrogant, isn't there? There's a big, big difference or difference between being prudent and arrogant. If you're saving up to protect yourself because you don't have the faith that God's going to do it, that's arrogance. But if you're saving up to be prudent so that you can be a good steward of the things that God has allowed you to have and, and possess, well, that's different. That's a, a wise servant. Every one of us in here hopefully takes vitamin C or, or uh, uh, multivitamins, a, a daily multivitamin or something like that, and all the things. We're washing our hands, doing all the things that we're supposed to be doing. You know, you do those things because they're important to you, right? But you've got to remember that God's still in charge of all that. We've got a lot of wild ideas about everything. And we run the whole gamut. I mean, you could go from one end of the spectrum to the other, right? At the end of the day, God needs to be our refuge. He gives us a lot of latitude and a lot of leeway. He gives us a lot. You say, I got my personal beliefs about this, and you got your personal beliefs about that. Hey, as long as it's not contrary to the word of God, you're allowed to have those things. 
And as long as it doesn't take away from the honor of who God is, hey, we're allowed to have all those kind of things, right? That's how you end up with so many different flavors of people. Right? But when we put those things ahead of God, you got a problem. And, hey, it doesn't affect me. It'll affect you, though. It won't go real well, or you and your family, or those around you. The 34th Psalm. Verse 17, it says, The righteous cry, and the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. These are the kind of scriptures that, one, first and foremost, we repeat back to ourselves, and that we have ever present in our minds and in our hearts so that we could share these things with others. I do want to say before, I only got a couple more scriptures to, to read to you. Something that with this um, issue to stay home, right, that they've, they've issued the, the uh, recommendation to stay home, right? And uh, for the record, they're not going to be arresting people. They've come out and said that they're not arresting people. It's not a curfew, so on and so forth, Okay. So that's a, another one of those social media misinformation type thing that was out there. And so uh, point of it is, I think I shared this with you in one of the emails that I sent to the whole church, is that we're given the opportunity at this time. Listen, everything's canceled. You can't go to a, you can't go to a function. You can't go to any kind of sporting event. Yeah I, don't, yeah, I think they closed movie theaters now officially, didn't they? Yeah. They did, huh? And I know you can't go out to restaurants and those kind of things. You go, man, what a, what a, what a horrible thing. Well, what you all have now is a bunch of free time. <laughs> and what you have also in that free time is you're looking around staring at each other. So guess what's going to happen? The easiest thing for all of us to do in this time is to do what? Increase your screen time. That's the easiest thing to do. What do you mean? More time on your phone, more time on the TV. Isn't it? Do something outside, please, for the love of Pete. Do something outside. And now, if you're a good, honest person and you want to be good and honest with yourself, take a look at your weekly average of your screen time this last week. If it went up, that's a bad sign. You're not prioritizing your time correctly. What we have is a tremendous opportunity that as families, what can we do? If you've been wanting to have a couple's Bible study or a family-type Bible study, well, guess what you have now? You have plenty of time to do that. You know, when you're running around taking kids to this or that or doing all these other kind of things, you're like, oh, man, I just don't got enough time. Guess what you got now? You got plenty of time. And it's only going to be a short window that that's the case. My point for saying this is, is that interject God into those vacancies and those newfound times, okay? Interject God or something that is productive with your family. Spend time with your families doing something. Spending time watching a movie does not count as quality time, okay? That's not the same. 
Quality time is mean you maybe you pick the ball up and go throw it out back. Or maybe you all go out for a walk and you talk about these things. Husbands and wives, same kind of thing. Quality time is when you're looking eyeball to eyeball with somebody without some kind of a blue screen in front of your face. We've given an opportunity to do that. Family Bible study is a great way to instill a positive thing into our lives, hearts, and minds and utilize the time of our you know, stewardship of time, right? Properly. It's there. It's present. It's available. You just got to pick it, slice it, and dice it however you see fit, but do something of value. There's so many things that we can run through life. We go, man, you know, if I just had enough time, boy, I'd, you know, I'd fix that, you know, that back fence. Well, you got nothing but time now. In the evenings, can't even go to the gym. You know, which I think is a national emergency. Personally speaking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's probably a good thing. It, breeding ground of germs. I get it. <laughs> Philippians chapter 4. This is scripture, hopefully, that, that you all can put and commit to your, to your minds and to your hearts. But also there's something that it can be readily accessible in your... In your um, interactions with people and verse 6 says be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to god and the peace of god which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus you know, i wanted to leave us with that scripture so that we can look at that and go okay all right it is proportionate what i will say when when fear and anxiety begins to rise Right? It begins to go up. Faith begins to go down. They work that way. Faith goes up. Guess what happens? Fear and anxiety come down. Because we start to put an implant. Now, a lot of us can say, well, I, I, I am faithful. I am faithful. Now, if you're not reading his word, you understand. That's what I was talking about earlier. You have to interject these things. Just like, listen, if you, there's certain things that we all, we all have our own diet preferences, our own place, favorite places to eat. I love McDonald's french fries. There, I said it, okay? I think there's a lot of people who like McDonald's french fries. They just don't want to admit it, okay? I like McDonald's french fries a lot, okay? But I can like them all I want. It doesn't put them in my belly unless I go out and go get them, right? Which, by the way, they are tremendously overpriced right now. They're $4 for a large fry. Yes, I'm not kidding. It blew me away. But that's another subject for another day. But you, you look at that and you go, man, I want that. Well, you got to get up and go get it, right? Got to go out and go get it. Got to have the money? Go get it. It's the same thing with, with anxiety and fear and faith and all those things. You got to put you got to put things, actively put things and be deliberate in putting those things into your life and putting the scripture into your minds and your hearts and praying. And, you know, first couple of days you start to implement these things. You're probably going to be praying quite a bit. You're probably going to be a whole lot of praying going on. Right. And then after a little while, it'll normalize to where it'll be a normal level of prayer right, and, and study.
But be anxious for nothing, and in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, knowing that God is going to take care of all of us. And sharing that with others, that God's going to take care of us. There is a certain satisfaction that takes place in our minds and our hearts. Physiologically, our body responds when we pray. It's scientifically proven. It's also spiritually proven, more importantly. Spiritually proven that when we pray to Him, and then when we truly, in good prayer, good honest prayer, when we pray, there is a natural calming effect that takes place in our spirits, in our minds, in our hearts. Intentful, thoughtful, intentful prayer. And sometimes we have to do it more. And then when you read His Word, we go, well, why would you read His Word? Well, one of the things that that does is it takes your mind off of everything else that's going on. And you focus on those things. And you interject them into our lives. And when we do that, it says, The peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I look for that protection. I long for that protection. Hopefully you do too. And you've got to understand that, that He is ready and willing to provide us that peace. It's out there waiting for you. You just got to reach out and grab it. You understand? You got to reach out and grab it. And if you're waiting for somebody else to do it for you, you're going to be waiting a really long time. I can't do it for you. Your spouse can't do it for you. Your moms and your dads, they can't do it for you. They can help in a lot of ways. Moms and dads can help in a lot of ways. But at the end of the day, hopefully mom and dad are teaching you how to pray and how to put your anxiety and your fear and your worry at the Lord's feet. So that he can take care of those things. Because that's really equipping our children, isn't it? For us adults that are out there, I can't do it for you. But he's out there waiting. He's like, hey, I got this big old, big old, you know, amount of peace ready and available for you that I can give to you. I just need you to apply it. I just need to hear, and God says, I just need to hear from you. I need to hear from you. Turn the TV off. Put your phone away. Put your iPad away. Put all those things away. Because that's where God needs to hear from us, right? He needs to hear from his undistracted people. He needs to hear from you where you're not thinking about what you're going to buy on Amazon. You're not thinking about what, what next post that you're going to have on Instagram or your uh, Snapchat or some of these others that are out there, right? And what's the other one? Twitter, right? All those things. When you're thinking about those things, you're not giving God your undivided attention. As a husband, you learn those kind of things early on in your marriage, right? Trying to have a conversation with your wife while the TV's on, it's a bad idea. It's a really bad idea. It takes some self-control at some point where you got to go, all right, I'll pause it <laughs> or shut it off or whatever, right? You give them your attention, right? Whatever the conversation is. Why? Because it's better that way, <laughs> right? It's prof more profitable that way. Have a healthy amount of fear. Uh, not a healthy amount of fear. Concern, I should say. Don't let your concern morph into anxious anxiety and fear. God's got your back 100% all the time. He just needs to hear from us. Share that message and plant that into your hearts. Study these things for yourselves and understand that God is in control.